Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Momming Autism Podcast, where we are providing a positive platform for parents to share their stories about raising special needs children. We are your hosts, Amanda DeLuca and KDMD, and today we are joined by our first special needs sibling, Hannah Schleter of Alex the Artist. So welcome, Hannah, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're so excited to hear a sibling perspective because I know so many parents wonder what that uh, relationship looks like because we um, stress and worry and try to overcompensate, I think, more than we should sometimes. (laughs) So Hannah, could you please introduce yourself and talk um, a little bit about what being a special needs sibling has looked like for you? Yeah, so um, I am... It's just me and my brother, so I'm Hannah, and I have a younger brother, Alex. He, I am 26, and he is 24. Um, and he was diagnosed when he was three, I believe, and so I was four. Um, diagnosed pretty early on, and so autism was kind of always a part of our lives. Um, to be perfectly honest, I don't even remember um, knowing anything different. I just, Alex was Alex, and I don't remember having like a conversation where like, okay, Alex has autism. I don't remember that. It just kind of was always um, part of our lives. Um, So we grew up together very close as far as, um, I always say we have a different kind of relationship to typical siblings, but it's a very close one. Um, And yeah, we grew up together. We never really went to the same school just because of um, what his needs were and what my kind of needs were as well. Um, And then, I now, my parents and Alex live in Northwest Iowa and I currently live in the DC area. And yeah, so I don't get to, I'm not home super often and especially because of COVID, I actually hadn't seen Alex in about a year and I'm home now for the first time in a year, getting to hang out with my boy and my fam and it's been really great so far. I've only been home for a little while, but I'm so happy to be back and be with him. So. How was that today? Because I read um, that your mom wrote he had to finish his cartoon episode before he oh could my come and greet you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I get home and my mom is like all excited. She's got the video. She's got the phone out to like record his reaction because we've been both me and Alex have been very excited to see each other. And so I get home and I call downstairs. He's downstairs watching TV. I'm like, hey, buddy. And he's like, hi. And I was like, hey, buddy, come on, come on up. Like Hannah's here. And he's like, okay, after my video. And I was like, but Alex, I'm home. And he's like, after my video. <laughs> oh, okay. And we kept kind of trying to get him to come up. So he came upstairs. I got a kiss and a hug and it was very sweet. And then um, he was like, okay, and now I'm going back downstairs. Like, okay. <laughs> Good to see ya. Right. Bye. I'll catch, I'll catch you later. Yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, very Alex and I... expect nothing less so (laughs) (laughs) so Hannah you said that autism was always a part of your life and um for my daughter Monroe and for Katie's daughter Natalie it's pretty much been the same Mm -hmm. but do you remember when you recognized um autism because with Monroe um it was two summers ago and she asked me why he vocally stimmed so at Mm. two and a half she was starting to ask why things were the way they were? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't really remember having like that conversation where I was like, why is Alex doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember 
probably as early as like well I remember when Alex was first diagnosed because I got to go with him to some of his like I don't know if they called it ABA back then but he went to like a a center for kids with autism and they did some of that ABA type stuff with him and I got to go with and I was very excited um and they kind of let me tag along and so that was my first experience where I like met other kids who were like Alex and I remember being like oh okay like there was a little boy there who was nonverbal, and so they used sign language with him and I remember seeing that and like that same kid really loved you know, random memories you remember when you were a kid he really liked mustard and so we had to have mustard with every meal you know so I started <laughs> to see like oh these kids like there are kids like Alex mm-hmm. um and then I remember being in elementary school and realizing that Alex was different and that um, I felt I started to feel very protective of him mm-hmm. in elementary school. Want other kids to make fun of him because he um, talked to himself or would sing or things like that. Um, we didn't really call it stim- stimming or things like that. It was just, oh, Alex talks to himself or Alex quotes these movies a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt very protective of him when he would do that, like in public or at school or things like that. So thinking back on those things and when that protective mode kind of kicked in, how has that shaped you um, throughout your teen years, your adult years? Because I think, um, you know, receiving a diagnosis and parenting Jackson, it has definitely changed me in my professional life from mm-hmm. before to now. So what is what how has that shaped you, do you think? I would say, well, first of all, I feel like I definitely, I mean, I would like to think I am more empathetic and more understanding of people when I see someone, you know, with headphones on or who might look a little different, whether it's physically or mentally, you know, I, that just doesn't cross my mind. I feel like I've gained a sense of empathy in that way. And I feel like I'm much more likely to like, I try, I should say, I try to be more inclusive of people because I think Alex has taught me that even though he's quote-unquote different or he's neurodivergent he's still a person and he still deserves the same respect and the same opportunity as any child or any young adult even if they're same but different you know like he may he still deserves to try to to have goals and to achieve them and to have a sense of accomplishment like with Alex it's his art and we really try to foster that talent and that passion of his so that he can have that sense of pride and have something that he's contributing to the world. Um, and so that's really important to me. And that's really important to me in all the work that I do is making sure that people are treated fairly and with respect and empathy. Um, and I think also just, I don't know, he's, I, I always say Alex is still Alex, whether he has autism or not, like he's still a person. And I try to remember that with all people. I'm not perfect. God knows I'm not perfect, but it's something that I've definitely taken with me. Mm-hmm. I told, um, I was making fun of Katie yesterday cause she was um, crying yesterday. Um, and I'm the crier mm-hmm. today, just so you know, because I think Aww. that what, <laughs> I think what you just said is so important, um, that they, you know, they're still a person and they have so much to contribute to the world. And mm-hmm. if only every, if only every family was able to teach that to their children. Just think of what the world would be like for right. 
you know, people like my Jackson and your Alex and Katie's Avery, it would just change the world. It would change the world. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think especially one thing that's been really great about kind of entering the autism community online and in person is seeing these kids and these young adults who do have those things, whether it's they're really great at photography or they're really great at uh, ballet or whatever. You see these these people and I have really loved seeing that and I've realized with Alex how important that is too. Um, especially as he's become a, an adult, you know, he's not, he's still, he is 20, he's a 24 year old man. And even though his goals or his plans are a little different, he still deserves to have those and to work towards something and to contribute. So the other thing I, is, oh, sorry, go ahead. I also think it's interesting um, that, you know, you are a sister, Monroe is a sister, Natalie is a sister. So we mm. all have, you know, we have that sister bond between the three of us in our, in our kids. I yeah. think that's so interesting. Yeah. Mm. And I think I, I've, it's been interesting again, being a part of the autism kind of community because for me and Alex, I think we, it's like a sister and a brother versus seeing people who have like two boys or two girls. And I think with me and Alex, it worked in our favor because I, well, and I was also older. I think being older, I naturally felt protective of him mm-hmm. and naturally kind of looked out for him. And then um, as I got older, I don't know, he's just became my little buddy. He's, that's what we call him. He's buddy in our house and <laughs> he's just my buddy. Um, that's, that's what Monroe calls Jackson. So I think that's, um, I, uh-huh. <laughs> I love um that. and Katie's Natalie is mother hen in her house. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Right. Katie over both boys. Oh yeah. She, we actually have had to kind of just remind her really since COVID hit that, you know, you're a kid. You need mm-hmm. to be a kid. You need to go play. You need to just do all the things because we were we were homeschooling and we were also very confined to our house. We didn't have sure. therapists coming in or anything. So it was so important to me um, because we lost so many things in this last you know year and some that mm-hmm. she didn't lose being a kid. That yeah. that was still, still part of you know her and and still part of you know her joy and things like that so we find ourselves constantly having to remind her and like okay like you know there's a parent here or there's like right you don't have to be like wiping a bum or like washing a face like yeah. and she just she has so much love for both of her brothers yeah that it just it spills out I always mm-hmm. yeah out of her into everything and into you know mealtime bedtime going out for an outing like she will always put herself last and the boys first no matter Mm -hmm. what I I kind of fell into that too honestly um and that's something that as an adult I've kind of had to work on is I'm not a third parent you know I'm his sister and of course that comes with you know, some responsibility, you know, I'm going to look out for him, but also reminding myself like, no, number one, he's an adult. And there are things that he can do that I don't need to help him with anymore, which is, you know, great. Um, but also if he does need help, I can be a support, but I don't have to parent, you know, that's been something that has, I've actually had to work on myself. So I think it's really cool that you guys are on top of that. My parents did a good job with that too, but you know, it's, 
I think it's natural for siblings to want to help. Um, mm-hmm. But also, like you said, you they got to still be a kid too. Okay. Yeah. So Hannah, what supports or extra steps did your parents take that helped you the most growing up with a sibling with additional needs? Mm. Um, one thing that my parents did, or there are a couple things, but two that come to mind, I guess. One is that my parents really made sure that I had activities that were mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was choir. I, um, starting when I was nine, I was in a choir outside of school and that became, we always say that choir became my sport because it's something that I, I was there twice a week after school, sometimes more. And that was, that was mine. And it wasn't, um, that was, yeah, that's, that's the best way I put it. It was mine. It was something that I could invest my time in that my parents invested time in. They got involved with the choir and, um, that was really important to me and important to them too, that I had a space um, to outside of school, outside of family where I could go and feel safe and kind of get away if things were rough at home. Um, and choir also gave me great friends and great family friends, honestly, that I could go to if I was having a rough day at home. Um, and then the other thing is we, my parents were really good about even if it was just one of them with me, they would take me and do things one-on-one with me. Um, not all the time, but you know, especially as Alex got a little older, um, we would go, whether it was just a day out to the mall or to go see a movie and get lunch, or sometimes it would be like weekend trips where things that most people probably do as a family, we did me and a parent and the other would stay home with Alex. And sometimes that made me sad that, you know, we weren't doing things as all as a whole family, like, you know, quote unquote, most families do. But looking back, it was a total win-win because Alex got to stay home, which is what he wanted to do. And I got to go do things that I wanted to do, like go to the zoo or go to museums or whatever. Um, So I really, looking back, really appreciate that my parents did that with me. And I think it really helped foster relationships with, for me and my parents. Um, Oh, and also this isn't, kind of along those same lines is we had really good neighbors who we got close with as like again family friends and they kind of took me under their wing and my parents would let me go over there anytime if Alex was having a meltdown I'd be like I'm going to the Wilsons and they'd be like okay cool like (laughs) we'll see ya and they just they were okay with that they knew what I needed they knew that I needed a break and they they gave that to me and the Wilsons gave that to me like god bless that family because um they really treated me like their fourth kid and let me tag along and that was really special so just finding yeah finding those little moments where I got to have my own time you know we call that the divide and conquer here exactly (laughs) yes exactly right yeah yeah um but Jackson has gotten to an age um, now where he will tell us no I don't like horses Monroe likes horses so so he's like Alex he's okay with staying home because he doesn't want to see him anyway (laughs) exactly well yeah exactly right and I think once I realized and I think once our family realized honestly that we were all happier if Alex stayed home and that sounds really warped because it's like well, wouldn't you want to be together as a family? And it's like, yes, in a in a perfect world, we would do stuff as a family. But the way our family works is that we everyone is happier. Alex is happier if he's at home. We're happier because we know he's safe and happy, especially 
now that we're really lucky that now that Alex is older, he can stay home by himself for periods of time. Mm-hmm. So that really opened up a lot of doors for us as far as being able to go do things as a as a threesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really changed the game for us, being able to divide and conquer. That is one of my biggest life goals is for Jackson to have the, the independence like Alex, even mm-hmm. if it's just for short periods of time. But yeah. um, that is such a huge skill and milestone yeah mm-hmm. remind me how old is Jackson he's only seven okay that's right he's only seven um and Katie you're you're Avery's 10 yes yeah okay yep yeah and your Jackson is five right Katie mm-hmm. yeah. yeah there's gotcha. Jacksons everywhere Hannah <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know several Jacksons myself so story checked out yeah yeah <laughs> So Hannah, what advice would you have for other parents who wonder how autism is affecting siblings? You gave some really great tips with the divide and conquer with the neighbor, but is there any other things that um, that you were thinking that, you know, maybe you told your mom that she was like, I'm so happy you told me that or? Yeah, um, well, I guess one thing that you guys mentioned earlier actually was letting your kid be a kid, like your neurotypical kid. Um, because I think it's just a reality that kids, uh, special needs siblings are going to have to grow up faster than maybe your average kid, because you're around situations that, um, for kind of force you to grow up. And you realize that, like, I realized from a young age that there were going to be times where my needs came second to Alex. And it wasn't because of anything other than the fact that Alex just needed my parents more in that moment and I had to kind of be okay with that and figure out some things on my own and I did you know but Mm -hmm. I think as much as you can letting your kid be a kid is so important um whether that's through like I said through activities or um reminding them that they don't have to be a parent you know those things um so that's definitely one um and then also um Oh, my thought just went completely out of my brain. Um, I think also letting your kid, your your sibling, you know, your neurotypical sibling, feel their feelings and let it be hard because there are going to be moments when autism, as you guys know, autism is hard. There are beautiful moments to it, but there are really hard moments. And I think allowing your 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 sibling your neurotypical kid to feel that and to recognize their emotions like telling them you know this is hard and you're dealing with a hard thing um because I got I was very lucky that my parents understood that like when Alex would have a meltdown in public especially as I got older and Alex got older and it was very clear that he was different you know it was very clear that him having a meltdown in the air in an airplane you know, he's, he was 13 and screaming on an airplane, you know, that's not quote unquote normal. Right. And so that was really hard for me because, you know, it's embarrassing and I'm a teenager and I'm feeling all the things too. <laughs> right. Um, and so my mom, you know, recognizing, yeah, I'm sorry, you know, that this is hard and that we're, we're all dealing with this. Um, that was really helpful to me because it didn't, it didn't make me feel like I was being bad for being frustrated or being think- angry. I think that is something that we can all agree that we're probably not doing enough of. And that's such an important reminder because we had three incidences of that today. And Mm -hmm. instead of just sitting with Monroe, I should have said, 
I'm sorry, this is hard. I understand that this is hard. And I think that that is just, that's advice that we can all take and implement immediately. That's so yeah. good. That's so good. Oh, thanks. I mean, and, it, and it's hard and it's, no one's going to be perfect at it. I mean, I'm, I love my mom dearly, but we, we had, we had our moments, you know, we were right. still mother and daughter. Um, but I think that's one thing in, I remember like when she would do that, it just was like, oh, okay, cool. Like this. Yeah. Right. Um, and my dad too, you know? Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, those I think would be my biggest thing is, um, let your kid be a kid and let them feel the hard feelings. Cause they, you know, one thing that I said in an interview with, um, Kate of Finding Cooper's voice is like, siblings didn't ask to have a special needs sibling just like parents didn't ask to have a special needs kid right. and you know you learn to deal with it and you you love your kid you love your sibling no matter what but that doesn't mean that there aren't hard parts absolutely um and they have to and kids have to learn how to deal with pretty big feelings pretty fast mm -hmm. that's so, so true katie's yeah. over there crying i know it yeah come on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I knew it. Like send out like a disclaimer or something to me before we do these podcasts. <laughs> Bring coffee and tissues. Much. There you go. That's your new tagline. Yes. So um, we usually end with advice, but I have one more question for you, Hannah, before we let you go. Um, sure. What has Alex taught you? What is your biggest beautiful lesson? that this has taught you being a special oh. needs sibling? Oh man. Um, I think the biggest thing he's taught me is that relationships. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to say this right. Like any relationship, just because it looks different, doesn't mean it's not great. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. it's not beautiful. I mean, me and Alex on the outside, I mean, Alex is 24, I'm 26 and we still quote veggie tales and Tarzan and mixed in with like some random musicals. Earlier today, he was singing Cats. Um, <laughs> but that's our relationship is we we, we sing the songs we I know he loves and we still talk about things that most 20 somethings forget about after the age of six. But that works for us and it's, it's awesome. And I love him so much. And so just because it looks different, just because a relationship looks different doesn't mean it's not great or right. it's not worthy of I don't know another relationship would be so. so um my song for Jackson is from Tarzan so your mom is going to try to um convince you to to do a sing-along <gasps> for us what song is it <laughs> um you'll be in my heart is our bedtime song oh my gosh Alice doesn't mean you'll be in my heart so we'll your have mom to see if your mom said, even if it's just like a little snippet just for Jackson and I, but she was going to try to put it on the agenda while you were home. Oh my gosh, totally. We have, <laughs> we suddenly, Alex, and it's all Alex, I will say, except like he, it all started with I See the Light from Tangled. He asked if we would sing that together. And then it became, then he added, um, what's that song from Aladdin? Um, a Whole New World. Oh, that's yes. on our That's yes. on our repertoire. It's all these romantic songs. I'm like, dude, you realize you're my brother, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so we can add You'll Be In My Heart to the list. He, it's our favorite. One of Alex and I's like go-to, if I want to make him laugh, if I want to make him smile, there's a part in Tarzan where it's the elephant Tantor and his mom, and Tantor goes, Mom, are you sure this water is sanitary? It looks questionable to me. <laughs> and go 
It's fine, honey. (laughs) (laughs) We love Tarzan. (laughs) I love that so much. I love that so much. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for taking time out of your visit home to talk to us. Um, Of course. Thanks for having me. your, Your perspective is just so valuable because I know all of us as moms are hoping that we can raise someone who loves their sibling as much as you do. So thank you so much. Thank you. I am happy to be here. I love getting to share my story, but especially Alex's story. So, Well, thank you. Thank you. And um, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you all again next week.